Hello and welcome to another edition of the Cave Operama podcast. I'm your host, Ganonimin, and for today's episode, we are bringing back the K-pop playlist show. Now, if you don't know what this show is, it's basically a show where we create a playlist around a certain theme or K-pop group, and I'm happy to bring this show back with a bang, with our playlist to all of the BTS armies out there in the big, wide world. And we have some special guests today to make that happen. They are a podcast that is made by armies for armies. They are incredibly passionate about everything BTS and made this podcast because they were tired of so-called experts speaking for the fandom and wanted to make their voices heard out there into the void. From their experiences as fans, to their thoughts on BTS' latest comebacks, to their epic quest to getting their hands on BTS concert tickets, they just about about talk about anything that you think of related to BTS. So joining me today via Zoom is Kalea and Julie from the Girls With Fun podcast. How are you guys doing today? And do you think this intro did you guys justice? Uh, yeah wow that was awesome definitely yeah I'm (laughs) blushing I'm so flattered thank you yeah thank you so much yeah I mean like you guys are technically like the first collaboration I've done with a different podcast because mostly for the past year I've been doing this it's been just whoever of my friends are like interested and want to talk about stuff (laughs) so this is going to be really exciting and I think it's going to be a ton of fun. But before we get into that, of course, if you like the podcast and you like what we do, don't forget to like, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on just by any podcast platform think of. And for an Apple podcast, don't forget to subscribe below. Five-star rating on the podcast. That helps it a lot. And last but not least, our social media will be in the podcast description below. Now, with all that being said, let's get into today's episode. All right, so to start, so before we get into the actual playlist, uh, I think it's, I think a good time to kind of explain how we're making this podcast work, or like the playlist work, I mean. Um, So basically, uh, myself and Kalea and Julie, we basically split the podcast, not not the podcast, but the playlist into five songs each. So we're going to be talking about five songs five different songs respectively about BTS and I'll be honest um when I was choosing my part of the playlist um I didn't really think about any like significance behind any of the songs to be totally honest because I'll be honest in saying that I'm quite a very very casual BTS fan because I've only like listened to like a few songs here and there so um I'm basically going to be relying on Julie and Clea into basically filling the gaps for me and basically kind of teaching me like all of the things behind the fandom because I have no idea. And I think it'll be a lot of fun for me and hopefully for you listeners out there as well, just in case if you haven't been or just in case if you haven't, you know, listened to BTS or even like heard a BTS song in general. So, yeah. So to start off, the playlist or at least my side of the playlist anyway we have a song called boys with fun and this song is part of the most beautiful moment in life part one album that came out in 2015 and i have to say for a bts song 
um, I was quite caught off guard in how the song sounded because for one, it's completely different to what they do today nowadays. And two, it's just an incredibly funky retro song. And uh, what do you guys think about the song? Because I definitely dug it a lot for that reason. Julie, you want to start? Sure. Yeah. Hopefully you guys can hear me loud and clear. Um, let me know if not, <laughs> but yeah, um, this song is very special to us. Um, obviously you already introduced us, but we are, our podcast is called girls with fun. So, I mean, <laughs> uh, this song is literally where we got our podcast name from. And I think we chose it because it was like you said, such a fun, um, funky vibe. And we were hoping to, I, I think encapsulate some of that, um, it's also interesting because this is one of the early, earlier Yungi produced tracks. So for us as ARMY or for anyone who's been following BTS's work and specifically Suga, he's doing a lot of collaborations these days. And so it's really interesting to see how his style has kind of evolved over time. Um, Kalea, I'll let you uh, add your two cents about it as well. Uh, yeah, in regards to Yungi. Like you said, this was uh, a track produced, and um, I think he was one of the main writers for this song as well. Um, and it's a super funky song, just like you said. I think you can really see his uh, style of work here in this song. Um, it actually reminds me of Telepathy off of B, um, that same kind of like funky retro sound. Uh, so you can really see kind of like his... Uh, the connection in his body of work here in the song. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a really fun song. Um, and the lyrics are all about, um, I guess, BTS just rapping about how like, you know, hungry and like excited they are for like doing what they're doing in the music scene at that time. And um, it really shows like their energy and their in energetic side, their energetic side, I should say. Um, uh, like the original title of the song is Hung Tan Son Yundan and Hung means like fun. So, um, yeah. I guess on the fact that Yungi or Suga, you know, produced the song, I, I find that to be really, really interesting because I guess before I kind of talk about my point, um, has uh, Yungi um, produced a lot of songs I, like if you like look at his whole like discography like is there like a lot of songs that he's done at this point or not really definitely like, de definitely I think he's and and Kalea feel free to correct me he is second to maybe only RM in terms of production credits for BTS but he also has a ton of other artists that he's collabed with obviously um IU comes to mind he did an interlude with Halsey um he recently had one with a Japanese artist called Omi. Um, so that's one people have been talking about a lot just lately. This is just off the top of my head, but especially if you go back deeper kind of into their older discography. Now, Hybe or Big Hit has a company, has a lot more songwriting resources, right? But if you go way back in the discography, um, the members, but specifically Yungi are on many, many, many tracks. Right. And um, Yungi came to Big Hit as a producer um, and somehow he got pulled in to be a rapper. Yeah, this <laughs> is <laughs> that's a great point. I mean, this is actually an army meme is that 
Yungi slash Suga joined BTS and, and joined Big Hit expecting that he would produce. And somehow he got conned <laughs> into like singing and dancing and going on all these variety shows. So he may have gotten a little more than he bargained for there. <laughs> I mean, to his credit for this song, I think he did really well. Um, if, if he has kind of had to basically evolve from becoming a producer into a full-fledged idol, I think he's done a really good job considering if that's actually the case, which is kind of hilarious in of itself. Um, I think to go back on like Yoongi's songwriting career, like um, I like how you mentioned eight because um, just in case if you don't know, um, I'm IU is like one of, I think Karan, the reason why I got into K-pop to begin with. And when I heard this collab, I, I just couldn't help but just remind myself of just how BTS as a whole, we're kind of doing music at the time because I feel like Yoongi, I feel like kind of, how should I say this? I guess his style of music kind of evolved to that point. So like whatever like Yoongi was doing at the time um, with IU was going to reflect on what BTS was doing currently. So yeah, all of that is just really, really good. And just, I guess to wrap up on this song, like it's just a really fun song. And I think this showcases the rap abilities of the group. Um, I know, correct me if I'm wrong, but is it RM and um, oh, I forgot what else, but like, I know RM is like one of the lead rappers of the group. Is there other members? Oh, J-Hope? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kalea took that personally. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. So quick rundown, quick rundown. So you have seven members, obviously. You have RM, Yoongi, and J-Hope, who are part of Rap Line. And then you have um, Jungkook, V, Jimin, and Jin, who are part of Vocal Line. And that's not in age order, fan chant order. That was just in the order that my brain <laughs> pulled out. So no one come for me. <laughs> Okay, all right, that's great. So moving on to the next song, we have a song called Disease, which was part of BTS's 2020 B album. So this album came out not that long ago, to be totally honest. And much like Boys With Fun, this song is definitely harking back to the days of old school hip hop. And for, for me personally, I couldn't help but remind myself of songs that a certain OG Korean hip hop group called Epic High have done in the past. And it wouldn't really surprise me if this song in particular was paying homage to them because this song in particular is very reminiscent of the kind of songs that Epic High did in the past. And I think I, I did some research myself and you know, Epic High was a big inspiration for some of the members of BTS. Um, I believe Suga and RM got into hip hop in general because of Epic High. Um, I want to highlight the story uh, that I found for RM, like for getting into hip hop to begin with. Um, he, I saw in an interview, like online, basically saying that he got into hip hop because of a particular song that Epic High did called Fly that came out back in 2005. And I feel like I want to highlight that because it, for me, ironically enough, I actually was into that song back in 2005, but the only difference is that I had no idea who they were when they were playing it. So that was quite funny. And also the fact that I only found out about Epic High or that particular song because they were 
their song was on a video game that I played back in the day. So that part is pretty funny. But I mean, I guess for you guys, like I very much like this, the old school nature of the song. And I'm sure you guys liked it as well for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. Fun, fun fact uh, with Epic High and BTS, like you said, they're definitely heavily inspired by Epic High. Um, They've said it a number of times. I'm, I'm pretty sure every member of the rap line has said they've been inspired by Epic High. Um, and I know the vocal line enjoys Epic High as well. Um, recently on uh, BTS uh, current reality show in the soup, you could see um, RM and V <laughs> singing fly in a karaoke style fashion. Um, and they had this cute little dance they were doing to it. Uh, and a clip of them doing this dance uh, was posted on the internet and the Epic High members saw it and, you know, like Tablo and then we're talking saying like, yeah, this should be like our choreography for uh, the upcoming tour. We're going to dance like this to fly. So that's <laughs> pretty cute. Yeah. I don't remember the full details, but I think some of the members of BTS and some of the members of Epic High are, at this point are actually pretty close. Um, I don't know like the extent of their friendship, but I specifically remember Nam June hyping up. I think it was Tablo's book that he released a couple of years ago and there have been a couple other interactions. So, I mean, well, you just produced from... a song for them on yeah, like, also. Uh, <laughs> your recent album as well. So yeah. I think yeah, to, definitely. Oh, sorry. Oh, I was just agreeing. Go ahead. Okay. But uh, I, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that because I remember, um, so Tableau did a podcast on Dive Studios a year ago, and he kind of talked about his relationship with the members of BTS. And I love how he, uh, I think he kind of bragged at one point that his, one of his uh, bandmates, I think it was Mifra, I think, was bragging how he has, was it Namjoon's number or Yoongi's number? But he was kind of just bragging about that fact, which I find quite hilarious, considering that, you know, they're, you know, they're both very inspirational to each other in so many ways. And I think if this song is that is something that was meant to kind of pay homage to their idols, like BTS to Epic High, I mean, I, I can't think of a better way to do it because it's just a really, really catchy song. And I think it just showcased just how talented BTS are in terms of rap. And yeah, it's just a really, really great song. And I, I also like the fact that the title of the song is kind of like a work, like a play on words, if you will, like considering the fact that B is kind of a album in general that's meant to reflect the time that we're living in, which is like, you know, pseudo pandemic times, even if we're kind of out of most of it. Well, depending where you live, of course. But yeah, like it's, all of that is just a ton of fun and also a really, really great song to just chill with. So yeah, um, next song we have on the playlist is probably a song that I think even like people who aren't really into BTS or like just casual fans might know. Um, it's a song called Blood, Sweat and Tears from their 2016 Wings album. And I... I in particular kind of chose this song because it I guess it there might have been like other songs that kind of marked this change but there this song in particular to me kind of represented like BTS's change from this rap R&B kind of group that did that kind of stuff into more 
hip hops slash EDM. And, you know, this based on the song already, like I just love the energy that's in the song. And it's just a really, really solid song for something that is EDM. Like, like what do you guys think about this song in particular? Because I know this was, a, I believe it was a title track, but please correct me, correct me if it's not. Before we talk about uh, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, do you mind? Can we go back to Disease for a second? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> can, can we, like, Sorry. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you can, like, cut it out and, like, put it back. I don't know. No, it, it, wouldn't, I, it wouldn't feel right. So this is go. go. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I just wanted to mention, because we were speaking about, you know, Yungi so highly and his producing skills, that Disease was produced by J-Hope. Um, so I felt like we just needed to, you know, shout that out for a little bit. Um, you know, J-Hub's produced, you know, multiple songs for himself as well as well as for the group. He um, produced Dionysus for the group, which is also one of their, um, I wouldn't call it a title track, but one of the main songs that they've performed. Um, but yeah, shout out to J-Hope for producing that awesome song. It's also like, you know, like you said, it's... Um, full of like wordplay um there's like a line where Namjoon mentions that he's like I'm ill I'm the definition of ill itself which it has like multiple meanings in Korean and that he's like or in, I should say multiple meanings in that in Korean ill means work it also could mean ill like he's sick as well as sick like dope so I don't know there's just like a lot of you know cool things going on in disease so if you're interested do definitely go and check out disease also number one, and I'm glad you flagged J-Hope because I wanted to flag that as well. <laughs> I was just sitting here on me waiting, but I was like, I'll let it go. But <laughs> no, as far as um, Blood, Sweat and Tears, if I can bring it back around, um, welcome to Girls With Fun, where we talk about whatever we want, whenever we want. No, um, as far as Blood, Sweat and Tears, that's a really special track for me because this was my first comeback as a baby army in like 2016. So there was literally no hope for me at this point in time. And I still remember this song like it was yesterday. Um, I added a couple of notes <laughs> as you can see, but it's so funny that you talk about the kind of change in style. I mean, I think as an army who's like, listen to the songs a bazillion and one times, I think that you're right. Like this was when the transition was happening. I would argue that it started a little bit earlier, maybe with like, I need you or run, but that transition was definitely fully underway in like 2015, 2016. So I think that you're like right on the money, but it's just funny because I remember every single media interview that they were on like Namjoon mentioned, Mubaton Trap, Mubaton Trap. Like if he said it once, he said it 9,000 times. Like I will be senile and I will remember the phrase Mubaton Trap <laughs> because in this era, that was the, I guess, genre that he thought they were doing or he said they were doing. Um, and I, I think um, you had another comment in the script that I would love to hear you kind of elaborate on. Um, I think you wrote that the song is part of what you consider the hype era of BTS songs. And I definitely agree. This is a song that I can get my local friends all the way into, shall we say. Um, and for anyone that doesn't know, local is like slang for a non-army or a person that's like not as into them, I guess. Um, 
or not into K-pop, but so I definitely agree. It's a hype song, but I'm curious to know what are some of the other songs that you consider as part of that hype era and when did it possibly begin or end? Um, I guess for me, um, I mean, I'll be honest in saying that there's some of the other songs that I have in the playlist kind of fit that category. Like, I mean, I'm going to, I, uh, everyone's going to know eventually. So like, you know, songs like DNA or like fake love or like definitely songs that are in that realm of EDM, like even like stuff that I, they've done like recently in the past years, like, like EDM to me, in my personal opinion is something that BTS has really taken on as part of their music style, like combined with like hip hop or like R&B stuff. And I think especially, I think because I can't like pinpoint the songs, I'm just going to pinpoint from year length. So like, I would say at least from 2016 to 2019 from like all of the songs that I've heard from that era is definitely hype. Definitely stuff that you can like go crazy at at a rave. And it wouldn't really surprise me if BTS songs from this era had been used in raves at like, I don't know, like a, a club or like, I don't know, like EDC or something. Like it wouldn't surprise me if those kind of songs were used because they're definitely hype and they're very, very energetic. That's all I'll say. I, <laughs> I mean, there's no wrong answer. I was just asking, you know, your opinion, but I'll add this personal anecdote that these are definitely hype tracks that back in the day, we definitely went <laughs> to some K-pop nights in DC and would go wild to hear some of these tracks. So feels like a million years ago, even though it was really only like what two. So yeah, <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. Let's Wait in Tears is awesome. Wings is an iconic era for ARMY. I think even for BTS as well, um, this is where we first start hearing their like uh, solo songs, I should say, on this album. Um, and Blood, Sweat and Tears is where we get like really deep into like the lore of like BTS universe um, with the release of like the trailers and even the music video itself is it's an entire story, right? It's, it's, you're, you're just entranced by the entire thing. Um, it's very artistic, done very well. Um, the music is great. The choreography is, I, I would say like, even a, like seeing other K-pop groups, um, you know, attempt to like, you know, execute the song as well, or, you know, it, they look like everyone loves this song, right? And they love this choreography. Um, even down to like the outfits and stuff. Like this song is iconic. <laughs> Goes down in K-pop history. <laughs> That's a good point that I wish that I had mentioned or I had raised. Like, I think this song influenced the industry as a whole. I mean, this is right when BTS is starting to blow up in the West, let's say. And this was the song, I think it was Billboard Music Awards, but this was their like backing track, like as they would walk up for the award. And so, you know, I remember starting to, uh, like see them on my actual TV and not just on my computer or my cell phone. Um, but I also think when you think about the K-pop industry, you see a lot of at least visuals that try to start to emulate this Baroque, like medieval fallen kingdom aesthetic, whatever you want to call it. Um, and obviously everyone gives it their own personal spin. I'm not 
selling anyone short or making any kind of comment other than that I think it kind of changed the game even as far as aesthetics go yeah this is also when you see BTS start like selling out arenas and stuff with wings um worldwide like yeah wings is wings is pretty huge flex just a little bit but wings tour is the first BTS concert I went to so I cannot be neutral about this track or about wings in general. <laughs> so take everything I'm saying with an absolute grain of salt. Man, I, I didn't realize just how influential this song actually is. And, you know, it's, it's just really amazing just to see, you know, how, you know, it kind of all began really, because I think, I think even for me as well, I, and this is like back in 2016, I was, I don't think I wasn't, I didn't really hear K-pop back in 2016, but like, I, like, even I would see like, I'm not sure if it was BTS, but it was like a K-pop group. It might've been this song, who knows, on TV. And it, that was like, wow. Wow, there's, wow, that's, that's amazing. I didn't expect that to happen. And just kind of just shows you just how, just how massive and how crazy the rise of BTS has been because they're, I think if you compare this time in 2016 to where they are today, they're like, if, tw- if they were in the sky in 2016, they're in, they're in space in 2021. <laughs> and they're looking for, for like intergalactic travel. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, if you haven't seen the music video for my universe, I mean, there you have it right there. <laughs> they're literally in space. <laughs> And like their recent Coldplay like collaboration is kind of like their pit stop in that universe. <laughs> Gotta avoid the silencers, but yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. I mean, like maybe they didn't intend for that, but like this is like that one part of the journey that they're on. It's like an anime, or like whenever like they're like stuck somewhere and they're just like this is like the long period in the show where like they're just stuck there and like you're just doing stuff until they can get out but yeah They're i am filler era <laughs> i mean I, yeah i guess you could say that <laughs> um, i mean okay to be fair to be fair i'm sure there's army listening that are like screaming into their fist but to be fair this is the longest we've gone like without a comeback i think ever right kaleo <laughs> it's pretty long yeah we haven't had an album since b that was last year. Oh my God. No, that was last year, like, like in November. <laughs> so it's been a while. Yeah. We haven't had a full album. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, I guess on that, before we move on to the next song, um, I, I've said this on my show before, but it personally wouldn't really surprise me if they decide to do maybe one more English comeback to end the year. And then kind of combine that with an album release full of English songs. Like, I I think at this point, they're hunting for the Grammy because they want it. And I think considering that they have Dynamite, Butter, and Permission to Dance already, I think they're trying to do everything they possibly can to go and get that Grammy. I don't know if they'll get it. I hope they do. But I think that's, I think that's, maybe part of the reason why they haven't done that much this year but who knows i might be entirely wrong but it but i guess to go back to my point like it wouldn't really shock me if they did one more 
maybe one more and then this you know get the get the album out at the end of the year i hope you're right i'm really <laughs> looking forward to a new album um i've been listening to the four track butter ep which is like <laughs> butter permission to dance and then the instrumental of each song in my car for like months now so i'm ready for a full-length album so i agree yeah yeah i think things are really up in the air especially now that bts are going on tour i think they've been kind of waiting to see if that would actually happen um so we could get an album before the end of the year but i wouldn't be surprised if we did not also bts tend to do things in threes so i wouldn't be surprised if this is kind of like the end of their english era (laughs) at least for the time (laughs) being um we'll see who who knows I'll do some like shameless self-promotion here though and say that I think you're right that they're really going for this Grammy. I mean, we've talked about it a couple of times on our podcast. People can find those episodes because if I dive into this, we'll be here for three hours, but I think you're right. I mean, at this point, I feel like, why not? I mean, no matter what happens, in my personal opinion, like this is so getting off track of the show, but it's okay. I'll probably leave it in. But I think no matter what happens, whether they get a Grammy or not, I feel like they have accomplished so much to the point where, like, I don't think they're going to be remembered on the level of like a group like One Direction or Coldplay. I'm thinking like, this is this is kind of like an older group, but I feel like they have at this point as much cultural influence as groups like the Beatles. And it wouldn't really shock me if songs from BTS are still being played in, say, 30 to 40 years. It wouldn't really shock me. So I think that kind of says a lot about just how much influence that they have, because they have enormous influence all over the world now and I don't think we'll realize just how much influence they actually have until they decide to I don't know retire or something but that won't be for like a few years anyway but anyway let's get back on track because that was really long I have no idea how that happened but the next song that we have on the playlist is one another um, title track that came out back in 2018 which is called Fake Love which is part of the Love Yourself tier album and much like blood sweat and tears um this song is very 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 hype um this one i i feel like if you were in a rave i feel like this song would make everyone go absolutely crazy and i imagine for you guys julie and Kalea, i'm sure that probably happened at one point in time and yeah but like what do you guys think about the song well, I dropped in the notes that like army screaming IDK Namala at like top volume is peak army culture. So you're absolutely right that it's a hype track and it's a song that literally every army will know and feel super excited about. Um, yeah, Kalea, why, why? I think this was one of our selections. Why did we pick this track? I know we were going for historical aspects um, and songs that were or are important to the fandom, but I'm actually blanking on why we chose the specific one. I don't think this was ours. This is actually mine, actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I saw, okay, I saw the purple and got thrown off. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, we had reasons, but yeah, no. Okay, 
Well, whoever's it was, it's a great choice and I fully support it. <laughs> I'm trying to take credit over here where no credit is due to me. Um, but <laughs> I think this is another one with a really iconic aesthetic. I think um, that music video, once again, like Kalea was talking about another track earlier, really delves into the theories and the Bangtan universe, as they call it. And this song also does that. I feel like this also launched a thousand theories. Um the song itself is really hype, as you said. Um, I mean, the rap bits are amazing. What I can say that will be coherent because I love this song so much. <laughs> yeah, uh, Fake Love is great. Um, I definitely, like you were talking about the, the lore and all the theories and stuff, I definitely remember um, listening to these tracks in college and like spending hours just like theorizing <laughs> what these music videos are about and the lyrics and how it all connects and everything uh I think that's one of like the fun things about being an army but you know now I'm at a point where I'm like I, I can't I'm exhausted I can't I can't make these connections anymore but that was a fun time um and the fake love music video is great it's cinematic just like blood sweat and tears um, just like you said, it is a hype song. I, we have completely modified the fan chant. I don't know, Namala definitely was not in like the original fan chant, but if you're at an international concert, you're gonna hear that. Like <laughs> you probably can hear it miles away from the arena. Like <laughs> the way we shout it with our whole chest is just <laughs> so funny, but it's great. Uh, yeah, fake love, great song. Mm. You know, I guess to go back on the whole, like, I guess, is is this actually kind of like a confirmed, like, accepted canon thing where, like, each music video is kind of part of their BTS CU? BTS Cinematic Universe? It depends, yeah. So I think it's usually referred to as Bangtan Universe or BU, but I mean, you know, anything goes, literally anything goes in the army fandom. I think it was, I need you. Um, was it, I need you Kalea that really kicked it off. Yeah. I mean, we Cause we always talk about that later. Yeah. Okay. Well then I won't spoil anything, but it really starts there. So anything before that does not really necessarily tie in. Um, and then I think later, I don't know if they've moved away from it or just army are theorizing less, I think a lot of them do tie in, but not necessarily all. Is that a safe assertion to make, Kalea? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it depends. Um, I think these days, most of the videos are not. I think they've been carrying it along in their Japanese soundtracks, though. Um, like, Film Out, I feel like, was definitely a part of the, the BTS universe. Um, the Japanese version of, like, Blood, Sweat, and Tears and things like that. They've been continuing it that way but I think they've kind of moved away moved away from continuing that story and they've kind of transitioned to doing the BTS universe and more so like through the games or like the the books um or the notes they like have had in albums and things like that um I think they're going to continue it with the drama that's supposed to be coming out um the most beautiful moment in life drama not sure when that's going to actually uh debut maybe next year but uh yeah not every single music video is part of the bts universe but this is definitely in that era uh right along there with like spring day and things like that where it's 
this is like you know prime storyline for the pcs universe was spring day kind of the i guess not because you said film out but i was gonna say was that kind of like the last one because when i think about like idol that one moves away from it um so anyway yeah yeah i'll be honest this is great for me because i because now that i know that this whole like bangtan universe thing is a thing i can like look at all of these music videos in a different light now and like see oh does this that thing that happened in the in the thing in the video like something significant that will happen in something else and i think this adds to the fun of enjoying a bts song because you know for k-pop stuff you know music video is kind of synonymous with the song arguably even more so with some songs sometimes so yeah it's just again ton of fun this song is ton of fun and just really really hype and it's moved it moves on to probably i think out of all of the edm songs that i've chosen in this part of the playlist um dna which came out in 2017 is probably my favorite hype song out of all of it i think um i'm gonna go like full music nerd because i i played music for a while a long time ago but i i just think i just love the way like the song is just structured like from the beginning all the way to the first like drop that you have in the song like i just love how it's so unique in the way that they decide to go with an acoustic approach where they basically just use a i think it's a kick drum and a guitar to basically just drive drive the song into the direction that bts won and i think it just created such a to me anyway such a satisfying edm drop and hence why the song is probably my favorite out of all of the EDM songs that we've mentioned so far. Like, um, I guess I'll take it to you guys now. Um, well, is there any other significance behind the song aside from the music itself, which is great? Definitely. And I know I speak for both of us when I say that we're super glad you picked the song, because if you didn't pick it, it was probably going to make our list in terms of historical relevance or accuracy, uh, not accuracy, just <laughs> relevance and impact, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Um, so I, I kind of mentioned some of this with Blood, Sweat and Tears, but this was really one of their first songs to get widespread attention in the West. And um, I'll let Kalea kind of add some additional detail, but they performed this at the AMAs. They also performed this on their Saturday Night Live SNL performance. And also, I, I, I hate when people say this, but I'm going to say it. I think people forget, like, they actually performed this at Rockin' New Year's Eve um, as part of their first appearance, which for anyone not in the U.S. is like a major um, like New Year's Eve show that you can watch if you're at home with your family or, or watching the ball drop, et cetera. So many, many, many people watch it. And in one of their documentary, I don't remember if it was a movie or series. I'm really bad at some of these finer details. I'm not going to lie to anyone here. Um, but Yungi said, so Suga said he went back to the hotel room and he started crying because he knew what it meant for the band, right? They had reached a new level of fame in the West and all the kind of, I'll edit myself here, but all the kind of BS that comes with like really, really, really international fame. Uh, he knew that that's what the song meant. And so it is significant. If like Blood, Sweat and Tears was the song that kind of was there, like just starting to break through song, then like DNA is the song that was there. So I'll stop there, but Kalea can add some additional thoughts and details. 
Yeah, I agree. DNA definitely pushed BTS to like international superstardom. Um, they actually debuted this song at the AMAs um, by performing it at the AMAs. Um, it was their first time being invited. Um, I think it was their first time ever debuting a song internationally. Um, and I'm pretty sure if you ask a lot of U.S. armies, you know, when did you get into BTS? They, a lot of them would probably say DNA. Um, so it, it definitely, Love Yourself Her has a, a huge significance in BTS historical timeline. Um, I, I also feel like this is another shift. If like, you know, I Need You was a shift in their sound, Love Yourself Her is another like significant shift in their sound. Um, the album is like very EDM pop heavy um you can even see it in like their collaboration on best of me with what's their name i'm i'm blanking chain smokers chain smokers yes you know very popular um edm artist so yeah this this song is huge also you know the choreography is great cannot forget that like you know dna choreography Honestly, side note, whenever I see like Gen Z doing like ice in the vein thing on TikTok, I'm like DNA for half a second. And like, it's not that, it's not that, it's not the same. I think this is even like a shift in how they were doing their music videos as well. Um, I feel like their music videos before were kind of like on the darker side. And then you see this transition with DNA that's like super bright and you know, it has like all these like crazy colors and like things going on in the background. So like, you can see that Hybe also here has a bigger budget for BTS in order to like execute these music videos. Uh, you can see it continue on with like fake love and idol and things like that. Uh, so it's really interesting looking at it that way in, in terms of their BTS history. Yeah, um, I guess on that as well, like, I think you can kind of expand that point about how, you know, I guess hype in particular kind of started to use more vibrant colors because I feel like up until 2016, because I've seen a lot of music before that for K-pop, like a lot of music videos back then were very, what's the word? It's not, it doesn't mean like the music is bad or not, but it's just like the music videos tend to be very, bland like they're very like very neutral colors like very like it's not as colorful compared to what you have today like like literally like I guess you could say for the entire industry like literally every single group that you see has some dyed hair in some way shape or form it's just standard now and like before like it I feel like for most groups you know, is either like they don't really do any like kind of crazy colors in their music videos or performances or they just do like some unified colors. So I guess that kind of speaks to how the industry has changed as well. And it wouldn't really shock me if BTS had a really big hand in that change. But I guess to go back on the song, um, I guess is there, if there's any song that makes you break out into the world stage, I can't think of a better song than this. And I honestly can't blame Yoongi for crying after performing this song at the AMAs because this is a, this is like one hell of a song. Like this is definitely, even outside of our playlist that we're making now, it's probably on everyone else's playlist and it's for good reason. So yeah, um, 
before we move on to the second half of the playlist, we're going to take a quick break so you can go listen to me advertise about the Anchor podcast platform. So I'll be right back. All right, we're back. So for the next song, um, this is going to be the uh, this is going to be part of Julie and Kalea's um, playlist that they've made. So I guess it's only appropriate for I guess you guys to kind of introduce like what song that we're going to do next because I think for this song in particular, it's quite a fan favorite for you guys. I'm going to say only Kalea can introduce this song and I just have to get out of the way. So, uh, yeah. So I guess I'll preface with how we decided to choose our songs. Um, we decided to go with a kind of historical narrative, um, in our choices and maybe I'm a little bit selfish in choosing this song, but you know what? It is what it is. (laughs) So our, our first song we are starting off with is Just One Day. Uh, this is from School Love Affair. Uh, that was released in 2014. So it's one of the earlier BTS tracks. Uh, School Love Affair closed out BTS school trilogy. Uh, so it is abundant with school uniforms, uh, <laughs> even in this music video. Uh, Just One Day is very important to me specifically because it is the very first song that I heard when I uh, found BTS uh, back in 2014. Um, I I saw it shortly after it was released. I definitely had seen K-pop before, um, heard of it, you know, liked a few songs, but this shifted everything for me, Uh, completely blew my mind. I was like, who are they? Uh, I need to know them and learn more about them. And down the rabbit hole I went and it was all to this song. Uh, This song is imprinted on my brain in a tattoo-like fashion. (laughs) I have watched this music video uh, an insane amount of times. (laughs) I I am just a huge, huge fan of this song. If Kalea is hosting an army party, which she may or may not have done in the past, you know that just one day will be on the playlist. <laughs> I can't even listen to this song without thinking about Kalea now. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, if you're thinking about a party, I feel like this song in particular is a very good song to start off the night. Because I, I just love the chill, like, R&B vibe of the song very simple and to the point but it's just so chill and I think I mean that even just reading the lyrics as well it's quite meaningful in it itself so it kind of allows you to kind of take in what they're trying to say and what they're trying to talk about and I'll be honest um I know I already mentioned Epic High before but this song in particular kind of I just couldn't help but remind myself of an Epic High of Epic High songs because this song I will say is not as not as cinematic as a epic high song because they tend to do that kind of thing, but it's very, I mean, I'm sure you guys can see in the notes, but it it could honestly be a great K-drama OST if put in the right drama. Like it has that kind of vibe. And for K-drama OSTs, they tend to be in one very, very specific genre specific genre in it being something that's either a gonna make you cry and fall out for like hours on end because it's showing your favorite like 
romantic lead, like something happened to them, or B, it's very sentimental, or three, it's or C, I mean, is this gonna make you just be feel absolutely devastated about everything in the world? But fortunately, this one very much is in the first one that I talked about. And yeah, I mean, I think I guess to elaborate further on the song, I feel like this song, considering it's a seven-year-old song, I feel like it's aged incredibly well, considering it's almost a decade-old song when you think about it. That's kind of scary, but, you know, it, it seriously is a really, really good song. And I think when we look back, maybe in a few years' time, like, I feel like the song is definitely going to be a song that I think a lot of people will listen to. I mean, I mean, just look at the views, the views on the YouTube video. Like, there's like millions of views, so I think it will continue. I mean, if it's gonna be a K drama OST, it needs to be for like a romance K drama because when Kalea and I were preparing for this, we were thinking about the song, and obviously, <laughs> we knew it was gonna make the list. But we were like, what about the song is unique or iconic? Um, and all the things you already said obviously contribute to how iconic it is. But also, um, Bangtan, BTS doesn't have that many, like, pure love songs. Like, I was listening to one of your other playlist episodes, and I think you were talking about Boy With Love. And you said, I think it was for White Day, and you said how it could be interpreted as love in, in kind of a number of ways. And so a lot of times for any BTS tracks that do deal with love um, as a theme, it's usually a little bit ambiguous, but this one I would argue is pretty straightforward. Hmm. I yeah. will say, oh, oh, sorry. Go, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, yeah. um, I will say just, I guess on that, I, I guess especially in like the earlier era of BTS, so like before maybe, 2016 I didn't notice a lot of like a lot of songs dealing with breakup or like post breakup kind of songs like a lot of songs in that kind of genre if you will so I just find it really interesting that this song is one of those few songs that are just just purely about love in a very honest and very blunt way so I I, I just find that part of really, really interesting but uh, Claire, what were, what were you going to say? Yeah, uh, I agree. They definitely, you know, they, they've, they write about love, but like you said, it's, it's more of like a, the pains of love or like a, a kind of like sad, hurt them. yeah, sad yearning, you know, and <laughs> BTS have, have said, or, or ARMY say, you know, that they, they write based off like their experiences and like what they're going through. So clearly, <laughs> I don't know if it's RM, I don't know who it is, but somebody over there was truly going through it. Uh, and so it's reflective in their music. But, you know, the one, Just One Day is like a, a really sweet song. And I, I, I can't think of too many other BTS songs other than maybe Miss Right that are like kind of like, a, like just a pure like love song, just a sweet song, you know, not like, oh, I'm so sad because I, I, I miss you and you hurt me or something like that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, also hot tip before we transition, if you are trying to become an army or you're just interested in just one day, 
please watch the just one day facial expression facial expression version mv on youtube it was not released by like hive i don't know who found this but it's just this wonderful blend of clips for just one day it's like a like an extra video that maybe was released somewhere, but some fan was gracious enough to upload it. I promise you this will change your mind about BTS just one day entirely. Like, do yourself a favor and go ahead and watch that music video. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine because I think it I think it'd be even more funny for me because like everyone this looks so I guess this is like the era of BTS where everyone just looks so pure and young because they were pure and young. Well, they, okay, okay. I don't know about the pure stuff because I don't, I don't know them personally, but it's definitely like this, like pure young kind of aesthetic. So I think if I watch that video, that will be really, really hilarious. So I'll, I'll let you know my thoughts after this whenever we're done. So, yeah um <laughs> we did not come here today to talk about this but if anyone has this that bts is pure i recommend rm's first mixtape or the track converse high and i will offer no other details or take any questions at this time thank you oh man i don't know how like how pure came out but here we are but anyway um moving on to the next song um, we have a song called Magic Shop, which came out on the Love Yourself Tear album that came out in 2018. And um, I'll let you guys take, take it away on this because this song, based on our notes here, um, is a song dedicated to ARMY. And as someone who is trying to learn and trying to understand like the whole fandom, um, what makes this, like, why, why did this dedication song kind of came to be? Julie, you want to take it away? Sure. Yeah. This song is super special to me. All of the Love Yourself Tear album is really special to me. It just takes me back to a really nostalgic time. Um, I think the reason, so obviously I have a personal connection to this track, as do many ARMY. I think um, it's historically important for the ARMY fandom because they've really expanded upon this magic shop theme. Um, they've used it for muster. So for anyone that doesn't know, <laughs> when I first joined the fandom, I was like, what the heck is a muster? It's like the summer concerts that they do to celebrate their annual kind of anniversary as a, as a group and as a band. Um, and they celebrate, um, being with army, I guess, technically musters for army and festa is for BTS is like birthday, but this is pedantics because they're like a month apart. But anyway, um, they've really used this theme for some of their like fan concerts. I find the lyrics extremely comforting. Um, one of Namjoon or RM's really iconic lines is, I do believe your galaxy. Um, and for me personally, Suga's lyrics about his greed and kind of striving for success. Um, They've become more honest over the years in terms of like some of their struggles surrounding success. But I think this was kind of a somewhat, I won't say the earliest example, but an early example of kind of them being honest about the pressures of fame. Um, so for me, one of the most iconic lyrics is my greed was 
my greed that was my weapon suffocated me and also became a leash. So again, <laughs> kind of dark. We are just talking about something a bit more lighthearted, but if you read through the lyrics, um, it's kind of about how we all have suffering, but like, let's somehow compartmentalize or find like a happy place together. So I think emotionally it's really important. And this is another one. It's not part of the Bangtan universe, but the final comment that I would share about this track is that um, a lot of BTS songs are really steeped in literature. Um, and if you dive into the fandom, this is probably one of the earliest um, things that you'll find. But obviously the members are all contributing to the lyrics and the production of the track, but a lot of the members actually read a lot. And so, um, this song is actually inspired by an autobiography called Into the Magic Shop, a neurosurgeon's quest to discover the mysteries of the brain and the secrets of the heart. Um, so I guess this is interesting because it's kind of grounded in a nonfiction novel, but even like Blood, Sweat and Tears, I think is grounded in Demion, if I'm not mis uh, misspeaking. So anyway, just kind of flagging that there's always more to the lyrics than originally meets the eye as well. So I feel like this is a very iconic track and it's important to fans. But again, once you dive into it, it offers a lot up. Uh, yeah, agree on all fronts. I feel like you could technically include it in the Bangtan universe in some way. I feel like there was some connection there. Didn't they go to like the magic shop and like one of the music videos and like exchange things or something like that? And that was supposed to be like representative of magic shop. I don't know. I might be thinking of something else. Uh, I'm sure Army will correct me if I'm wrong. But anyway, I uh, just wanted to point out that this song was, I think, wasn't this written by Jungkook? Um, and, you know, now it's become the, the new fan song. Previously, it was two, three um from wings but this is now the new army fan song and so it's really important if, if you're going to a bts concert and this is on the set list for you to to know like the fan chant for this song um it's really endearing to hear army sing it back to bts so yeah it's a very special song i guess for me like before i kind of now I know like just how significant the song actually is. Um, I will say as a song, it, I feel like part of the reason why this song is just feels so special is because it, it makes you feel amazing. You know, like I think that that comes down to how the song is structured and the way they make the sound happen and whatever. But it like, to me, when like, just from first instinct, like the song made me feel like I was like, like, flying in the air or like you're like on top of the world or like on top of the mountain or something and it gives you that feeling of just pure unadulterated happiness which i'm sure that's probably kind of a thing that bts wanted to express in this kind of song so i i just kind of want to comment on that because it it does a really good job in making you feel like you're on top of the world and how you know this it kind of just enhances just how comforting the song actually is so yeah uh, great there's a lag so i'll just keep my video off from here but i was just emphasizing there's also like a call and response like kalea mentioned the fan chants but that so show me i'll show you is like a very easy fan chant if you're looking to learn some or or want to know really iconic song mm. 
All right. Fantastic. Um, I guess moving on to the next song. Um, this song has already been mentioned on this show already, but it's a song called I Need You from the Most Beautiful Moment in Life album, part one, that came out back in 2015. And you guys kind of mentioned like just how influential the song actually is. So can you, uh, can you like, tell me like why that is? Uh, sure. Yeah, so... I Need You is huge for a number of reasons. Um, I, I believe I talked about like BTS second shift with like DNA, but I Need You is definitely the first. Uh, so when BTS debuted, they were known and, you know, called themselves a hip hop group. They were like hip hop through and through. And they definitely dabbled in other genres, but their main genre and um, I would say like persona at that time was like, you know, being hip hop and trying to embody everything about hip hop. Um, but after the school trilogy, we head into the most beautiful moment in life uh, trilogy or series and, and it, it begins with I need you. So this is like the start of everything. It's, it's a new sound for BTS. We're moving more into like kind of pop EDM. Um, we also move into a, a new series. So um, this is where like BTS, like the lore of, of the Bangtan universe starts really. Um, I feel like you may be able to try and connect some things prior to that. Um, and they've definitely done so in like their, their later music, but this is where like it really all starts with I Need You. Um, it also is huge in the sense that this is where BTS was able to achieve their first win on a music show. Um, you know, they had three albums prior to that, um, or should I say they had, what, three albums or, or three mini albums and then like a, one full album, right, Dark and Wild in the middle of that. And so they had been working really hard for a number of years, but, you know, they weren't able to achieve that first music show win until the release of I Need You. And I feel like it was a moment where they were kind of considering, like, should we keep going with this? Um, are we doing, are we doing the right thing? And I think the release of I Need You proved that, you know, all of their effort wasn't for nothing. Um, so they achieved their first music show win with this on the show on May 5th in 2015. And um, I Need You, I feel like, led to, the, uh, to them earning their first day song uh, for the most beautiful moment in life um, in 2016. So yeah, huge song. Yeah, wow. I didn't realize this was like their first, I, the song I made was like their first win on a music show and <clears throat> excuse me but i feel like i feel like it's a very big moment in their history just because you know winning a music show in k-pop where it's incredibly saturated and incredibly competitive is a very honestly very incredibly hard thing to do and i i guess for me like i couldn't i don't think you can really blame the members of bts of like having these second thoughts about, man, is this worth it or not? Because, you know, it's a very, very hard place to succeed. And the fact that this is kind of the start of them, you know, becoming more famous through this win and music show is, I think is really, really important because let's be honest, if this, if this 
music win did not happen with I Need You, who knows where the group might have been afterwards, you know? And And not just the group, like the company as a whole. I think it's easy to forget now, especially if you're someone who's coming to BTS later. I mean, okay, to be fair, Big Hit did have a couple other groups. Um, They had a couple groups pre-BTS. They had a couple solo artists um, under their label. But BTS was really like they pinned everything on them. It was do or die. Like some non-armies may not know, but they were literally operating out of a garage at one point. Like a garage was their recording studio. So when you hear how much Hive is worth now and how much Bong PD is worth, it's easy to be like, oh, you can take risks with your sound or you can do XYZ collab and not really worry about it. But like not just would the members be questioning, like, was this a choice? Like the hopes of the entire company and like, not even just hopes, the like financial solvency (laughs) of the entire company was riding on BTS. And I don't think I'm overstating it when I make that assertion, like they had to turn it around at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It was do or die. And I feel like you can really you can hear it in, in the way they sing this song and the way they perform it on stage. Like they, it was, it was all or nothing with this comeback. Yeah. I feel like with that in mind, like I can totally see why the song is just so frantic. Almost it, there's like a few moments where like, it felt there's like a few desperate moments. Like it just felt like something out of desperation. And I guess maybe that that's kind of down to how the music video story turned out, but with all this in mind, like it, it, I think it just makes the success of BTS in the past years just incredibly incredible because I think just to talk about the industry as in general, um, outside of the big three, which is JYP, SM, YG, um, it's incredibly difficult for any other company in the industry to reach the heights of the big three. And the fact that Big Hit have managed to basically break that status quo because of the success of BTS in of itself is amazing. And it's definitely not something that you usually see in the K-pop industry because most times there's tons of music companies out there in Korea, but you probably don't really hear about a lot of them because you only hear about the big three and now Big Hit as well. So yeah, I mean that I mean it's just an incredible song and with all this in mind it's also a very inc- very significant song for BTS and their progression into their later success. But moving on to the next song in the playlist, we have oh man, you guys might have to help me with the pronunciation because I can never pronounce <laughs> this the the song name of, of is it Mike Mike Crow Cosmos? Is that what it is? I think it's microcosmos. Me, okay. Uh, Greek. So yeah, I mean, I'm probably saying it wrong myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's that song. Um, it that song came out with the Map of the Soul, Soul Persona album that came out in 2019, and in our notes here, uh, I'm not sure who wrote this, but this for them was like the last song that they saw BTS perform live at the end of their tour in 2019. Um, I, I mean, I can't imagine what it's like to be in the crowd for that moment, but could you like take me 
kind of give me like an idea of what, what that was like. Yeah, I mean, um, I think it's the song that every army who went to the concert ended the tour with. It's the last song period that BTS performed in front of army. They had the end of the love yourself tour, and then they did a speak yourself tour extension. Um, and the final show was in October of 2019. Um, I think in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, if I'm not misremembering, um, anyone can feel free to correct me, but it's the song they close out the show with. Um, and it's another kind of like celestial themed song, I guess. Um, it has a very similar feeling to magic shop. I think you put this in the notes, but I, I agree with you. Um, when I think about this song, but also how many songs have come out since then, um, I, I really, I put this in the notes. Like I really do want to ugly cry and maybe it's good. My Wi-Fi is being weird and I have my camera off. Cause I'm like <laughs> getting a little emotional thinking about this track and like what it means to the fandom. So Kalei, I mean, I don't know, maybe you can be more eloquent than I'm being, but <laughs> it's no, special. I, yeah. I feel the same way. Uh, it's, it's one of those songs that, well, actually what they tell you to do when the concert is like, turn your, your, uh, your your camera phone on the light on your on your phone and and to use it and it, it, it the the entire stadium it looks like the cosmos i mean it just looks like hundreds thousands of stars right um it's it's a really beautiful scene hearing bts and army sing along to it and then they end the show with like this awesome fireworks scene right so that like we're all looking up at the fireworks like oh while they like run away and disappear so that we won't feel sad seeing them go <laughs> but yeah um microcosmos is a really special song since it's the last song that you know anyone who attended the speak yourself tour heard um it's the last song we saw them perform live so it'll be a, a really special moment when we are able to see them in person again and, and get to hear that first song mm. You know, I think on that point, talking about like just how special it will be when you get to see BTS again live. Um, I think because of this pandemic and everything that's happened, I feel like it'll probably be a lot more emotional for people than they would expect. Like, I think once you kind of realize that, oh, hey, my idols are back after, I think almost, I guess you can call it like two years, which is like such a long time. Like, yeah. I, I it's, I think it'll be such a special moment for everyone involved, not just for, you know, for you guys, for armies, but I think for the members of BTS as well, because they probably haven't been able to perform live at all for the past two years outside of doing like music videos, which is like a completely different thing. And I think for any performer out there, I think they live on the stage like that's that's what they truly want to be at. Like they want to be on stage. They want to entertain all of you and make all of you happy, you know? And I think for a song like this, I can definitely see why this is a song that you would play at the very end of the concert because it's such a, it's such a song that makes you just feel incredible and on top of the world. And I just can't imagine what it's like live because it, just from what you're describing, like it just sounds amazing and incredible. So yeah. 
Um, if you can hear my dog barking in the background, I apologize for that. But <laughs> anyway, um, to oh yeah, this is the last song. Um, to cap off this playlist, we have a song called Don't Leave Me, which is part of the Face Yourself album that came out in 2018. Now, I'm not going to lie. I was quite surprised to see this in the notes for this song, as this was one of the supposed farewell songs that BTS made back in 2018 when they were considering to disband. Um, could you guys kind of give me like a general idea of how that came to be? Because that that's kind of news to me, to be totally honest. Sure. And I mean, we really should have thought through our order because we're leaving people with like the songs that we ugly cry to, I guess. Um, so <laughs> I hope the audience, if they're listening to the playlist in order, aren't ugly crying too much either. But this song actually it was kind of ambiguous at first like we were talking about before a lot of bts tracks could have like numerous meanings and so i mean obviously people were reading the lyric translations and understanding kind of that it was a sad song but i don't think it was really until mama 2018 the end of year music shows um that it really became apparent how close to the end that we were um, even saying those words out loud makes me want to like pass out. I think my voice shook a little bit there, but um, Jin, the oldest member of BTS, um, he's historically known for being like very honest and, and people will jokingly call big hit Jin hit because he gets away with a lot, <laughs> um, I guess, or just DGAF. Um, <laughs> but he mentioned that um, they were like on the verge of breaking up and they weren't sure if they would continue and there's this image that's also like forever burned into my mind of V or Tay, if you want to call him by his stage name or his real name, like in all red, it's just, it was such a dramatic image. I mean, the red doesn't have anything to do with it, but I just remember his hair was like fire engine red and his whole suit was like matching. And he's just like sobbing on the stage. And I would say we never really got as fans, we never really got a lot of additional insight um, kind of into what was meant there, but they talked about it as a song and, and I guess people matched up like the song is actually about them breaking up. Um, and so I can barely listen to this song, but from a historical perspective, it's, it's really important. And I think again, Kalea or army in general, who are listening to this later, correct me if I'm wrong, but this was also when they were going through like contract renegotiations. And also all the pressures of fame internationally that we already talked about earlier. Yeah, I, I think that, I mean, of course we don't know, but I think that may have been the reason why they were considering breaking up. I mean, there could be more to it, but I don't know if they would ever tell us maybe some years, you know, a long line from now. But um, I think it was like the pressures of fame and, and how they just completely shot up to superstardom so fast and so early on in their career. Like if you think about it, BTS have only been around for eight years and like what, at least four of those years or no, I'm sorry, like what, six of those years, something along the lines, like they've been uh, like super famous for that time, uh, which is crazy to think about. So I, I'm sure it was, it was those, that pressure that was making them consider whether they should stay together. Um, I think you could see that in Outro Tear, 
um, they talk about it a bit in their documentary and things like that, those pressures, um, even in like their recent comebacks, like Black Swan and whatnot and, and Shadow, that those pressures have like been there for a while um, and, and they continue to touch on it. So it was really important for us to choose this song um, also because, you know, BTS has a very robust uh Japanese career as well uh I should say you know catalog in Japanese and so I felt like it was really important for us to choose at least one Japanese song right um because they have some really awesome tracks and so we were thinking you know what's one of the more critical Japanese tracks that we could pick and and this was one of them I just find it crazy that this happened three years ago and it's kind of crazy to think, oh, if they actually, you know, decided to disband, I guess, back then, like, wow, we wouldn't have all of these moments that we have now, you know, that's kind of like a crazy, surreal sliding doors moment, if you will, like, that's, that's kind of like, that's a very crazy thing to think about. And I think in the song as well, I, I always felt like there, there was always this constant feeling of turmoil in this song. And you can kind of see it in how the song never it how I describe it is like it, it it's like a song that can never stay still. Like there's no like singular theme that's throughout the song. It just feels like it's so chaotic and so uncertain, like throughout the song. And I feel like with all of this context, I can totally see why this song was a thing to begin with. And like it. Again, it just feels really crazy to think that, you know, this was a sliding doors moment where, hey, we might have just decided to just call it at that point, you know, but thankfully that didn't happen. And I guess I do kind of want to ask, actually, but is there any reason why? Did they give out any reason why they changed their minds or was it this? They just no. I don't think so. Um, they are, I, I think they do their best in trying to let us in uh, on their lives and, and their thoughts, but I think they purposely shield us from certain things. So I don't know if we'll ever get the full details of why they were even considering breaking up um, or why they chose to stick together at this point in time. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think they've really stated what kept them going is it us some other kind of reason i don't know us by army i mean not like just me and julie (laughs) (laughs) i don't i don't know i'm not really sure i have an announcement actually (laughs) no i'm kidding kidding. no one come for me and that was a joke (laughs) Hmm. but i guess if anything um i'm glad they're still here they're still around and i think they'll probably be around probably for a little bit longer. Um, I'm not sure when they got to go to the army, like the, the, the actual army, not the, you know, not you guys, but like, I don't know. I don't know when, I don't know when they have to do that. Like I, I know there was talk about how, you know, some of the members might have to go eventually and how the government might make, might kind of delay their, you know, their service for a little while longer. But I guess just, just being 
this is giving you honest advice. Um, I think with any musical performance or any music group out there, um, I think you just have to just enjoy the ride. Enjoy everything that you have now because, you know, there could be a day when, I know this, this is like very like tough to say, but sometimes there, I mean, there will be, there will be a point where, you know, they might call it quits for real, you know? I mean, I think that's something that I think it's, you kind of have to be honest about because every group out there in the music industry goes through this at some point in time. But I think the main point is to just enjoy everything you have now. Enjoy all of the great emotions that you're feeling now. So, you know, in the future, when you look back, you look back at all of the happy moments that you had supporting BTS because, you know, I think for for me, how I how I kind of see K-pop in general is like, because I kind of see this with some of my Korean friends that I've made. Um, some for some of them, K-pop is kind of like a transitional thing that they kind of are into for a little while, but then they kind of move on to other things. But every single person I've asked about this has always told me that they don't regret any of that because they those moments that they had with their favorite groups made them happy and made them made them feel things that they want to feel again, you know? So really what I'm trying to say is just take it in, enjoy it, because you don't know when it will be gone. So yeah, sorry. That that that, that came out <laughs> really deep, but really like that I'm just that that's why I genuinely feel about it. Like and I think you need to be comfortable with how life happens and I yeah. think uh, oh sorry but I, I just want to add in one more thing but I think if there's if there's a point when like BTS or like all the men or any of the members of BTS want to do like I don't know they want to pursue an acting career or they want to do something solo I think considering everything that they've done I think they've earned the right to do that that's all really I'm trying to say but go on Julie sorry oh no no I mean you're right I agree. And as much as I don't like to think about it, we've talked about this on our podcast at some point for any number of reasons, there will be a time when BTS is not releasing music. Uh, the details may vary. We may not know when that's coming, but like that day is coming. So not to be like too corny or chuggy or whatever the kids are saying these days. But, um, I think, this will be like the most beautiful moment in some of army's lives or something that we look back on really, really positively and, and sentimentally. Um, I know I've made a ton of friends like Kalea and I would not have met if it weren't for BTS. Um, you know, Kalea is active with this group that we started together, um, that brought together like hundreds of army in the DC area. Um, I mean, there's things that I never would have done if it weren't for BTS. So if it ended all tomorrow, I would be heartbroken. Like I, I would be heartbroken, like, <laughs> but I'm so grateful for like all the positive things that they've brought and, and how I've like grown as a person for, for standing them. So you're right that, I mean, it's, it's the nature of the beast, not to like go into a full personal history, but I've been into K-pop since like 2008, like groups come and go and BTS happens to be the group that I've stand since 
since I guess 2016. And and to your point, you mentioned the transitionalness of of some of your friends, like everything. <laughs> Welcome to Julie's Philosophy Club. Like everything is ephemeral. Everything is fleeting. But I thought that K-pop and I thought that liking BTS would be a phase in quotes. I thought I was past my K-pop phase. Like I was a fully grown adult when I got back into BTS, but they've brought me something really beautiful. And yeah, if it ends tomorrow to end my long rambling emo rant, I will have no regrets. Everything goes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> had to throw that in there (laughs) i guess to add more cheese i've always thought of this about k-pop um especially if you've been standing a group for years it's always about the journey but never the destination because the destination we all know what happens but that's part of life but the journey to get there is fun and that's something that you should enjoy and you should never regret so yeah um but on that to that yep (laughs) but on that deep philosophical note which i didn't expect um that concludes this episode of the bts playlist um man it's almost like 3 30 over here and we've been over like an hour but i've had such a fun time talking about all things bts with you guys um i feel like i know more about the group than i had before the show which was the absolute goal of a collaboration like this so once again um thank you guys so much for you know taking the time to do this thank you for having us and thanks for two and a half hours or one and a half hours of your time Yeah. Um, I guess before I do my intro bit, uh, do you guys want to drop in your socials, like where people can find you and whatnot? Uh, yes. Uh, just want to say thank you for inviting us. Uh, I hope that you or anyone else listening who may be interested in BTS that you found this helpful and interesting. Uh, if you are even more interested in BTS after listening to this episode, you can check out our podcast, Girls With Fun. Uh, you can find us on just about any streaming platform, all the major ones, Spotify, uh, Apple, Google, you know, we are there. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Girls With Fun Pod. That's P O D. And you can also find us on Facebook at uh, Girls with Fun Podcast. Yeah, follow us if you're interested. We'd love to have you. Amazing, great. But with all that being said, wherever you are in this gigantic world of ours, thank you so much for listening to this special edition of the K-Pop Arama Podcast. I really hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode and be sure to tune in to another episode next week. But without further ado, this is Gian and Julie and Kalea from the Girls With Fun podcast signing off. Take care and have a brilliant weekend, everybody. Peace. Aloha. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>